The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So a lot of buzz online today about the Grammys last night. And I didn't watch a minute of it, uh, nor would I. But I think it is instructive to know a little bit about it because if you're like me and you have kids who are teenagers, uh, these are the cultural influences. Uh, there are many times during uh, the day or night when I will walk into uh, my living room and I'll see one of my daughters sitting there like looking at her phone. I consider it a failure on my part that uh, they are as... Um, captivated by their phones as they are. Uh, I have pushed back on it at times. I do not think they are as immersed in their phones as some kids, but that still doesn't alleviate my concern that they are too, they are too available to influences that are not healthy for them. And that doesn't mean that they're on, they're not on TikTok. Cause I told them if you're ever on TikTok, I'm taking your phone. You're never getting it back. But Instagram is bad for them too. And the reason why Instagram is bad, and even if you're an adult, Facebook is bad, is because you are allowing other people's, not even their best moments in life, the moments they portray as real, which may in fact not be real, (laughs) to be the grading scale by which you are tempted to grade your own life. Very few people put on Instagram, I don't look very good in this outfit, But check it out anyway. No. Uh, Most people on Instagram do not, first thing in the morning, grab their phone and shoot a video before they've uh, brushed their teeth, combed their hair, shaved, or put on their makeup. So Instagram and social media in general presents a funhouse view of life. And then if you grade yourself by that funhouse view, well, you are predisposed to be unhappy, or worse, depressed. And then how people respond to that, of course, is most often in very unhealthy ways. So these cultural influences are important to know about and important to evaluate. If you, uh, heaven forbid, let your kids watch the Grammys and you didn't know anything about it, what you should know is that they were subjected last night to an overtly satanic worship ritual and song performed by two people that I think I probably heard of one of them, but not the other. And I wished I'd never heard of either. I wish neither one had any kind of platform, but they do. Uh, Singers Sam Smith and Kim Petras performed a, (laughs) there's no way to say it other than it's a satanic ritual in performance of a song called Unholy. They were surrounded by red lights, dressed in devil costumes, with fire. I mean, you don't have to be a genius to figure out what they were depicting. Smith wore a hat with horns, encircled by dancers that were, as I said, demonic. The song that he sang praised Balenciaga, which is a luxury brand that used pedophilia as a marketing technique a month or so ago. Uh, Petrus is a biological male who, of course, is transgender. 
and said this, I personally grew up wondering about religion and wanting to be a part of it, but then slowly realizing it doesn't want me to be a part of it. So this is not a take on not being able to choose religion and not being able to live the way that people might want you to live, because as a trans person, I'm already not wanted in religion. That's, a, that's worth examining. Is that true? No, it is not true. But it is to this person true because they cannot come to religion, the gospel of Christ. Let's, let's keep it there because that's what I am invested in myself and what I know. No, you cannot come to the gospel of Christ with your sexual preferences if they conflict with the way God says you must live your life from that perspective. You cannot bring your own ideas. You cannot bring your own ideas on anything to the gospel of Christ. Uh, I wish I knew who said this. I don't, but it is nevertheless true. Uh, It does not take much of a person to come to Christ. It just takes all of them. Faith in Christ is not an a la carte endeavor. You don't get to pick the parts you like and reject the parts you don't like. That's a Joe Biden faith. That's a Nancy Pelosi faith. That's a, I want to go to Mass and I want to feel good and I want to know that in my own mind I'm saved, but sure, go ahead and kill the baby. In the womb, kill the baby. Even after it's born, kill the baby. Lie indiscriminately, unrepentantly, serially. Doesn't affect my salvation. I'm a good Catholic. Okay? So, this is not how it works. Um, If it did work that way, you would be God and he would be worshiping your choices rather than him being God and you worshiping, which means following, his choices. If he sent his son to die for you and save you from your sins, first of all, that establishes that some of your behavior is sinful. Uh, Kim Petrus, who is a biological man, does not think that portraying himself as a woman is a sinful act, but it is. But it is, because God made Kim Petrus male, and no amount of Kim Petrus's feelings or protestations change the fact that Kim Petrus is a man. And no amount of any of us absolving ourselves of whatever we hold on to forever as our own thing that we exclude from God's sovereignty makes that thing right. And it certainly does not make that thing acceptable to God. What it does is establishes whatever that thing is, whether it's pornography or uh, gluttony or foul language or anything, it establishes that thing as an idol. An idol is anything you place above the authority of God because you are refusing to give it up, which means you're following your own determination that you 
decide what you can do. You don't follow what God tells you to do in his holy word. And it must be said that if you view that as a restrictive, cumbersome, intolerant arrangement, then you have failed to recognize that the God who made you, designed you, gave you the gifts that you have, gave you this miraculous body that heals itself when you cut your finger or whatever, you fail to recognize that that God loved you so much that he sacrificed his own son to make restoration to him, reconciliation with him, available to you. And if someone loves you that much, doesn't it stand to reason that the way they tell you to live would be the absolute best way for you to live? That is pretty obvious to me, and it is frustrating to me that more people in this world don't understand that. It's not frustrating to me because it somehow diminishes my enjoyment of the forgiveness of God. It is frustrating to me because I know what it will lead to for the people who refuse to accept it. And the thought that it's there and available to all and people turn it down is so sad, so dumb, and just unfathomable to me that people would say no to it. I don't delight in pointing out the evils of the LGBTQ agenda, of government corruption, of crime in the city of Columbus and beyond. I don't delight in pointing it out. It bothers me because I know there's a better life out there for every single person. As I say, there is nothing more diverse, more equitable, and inclusive than the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this is how uh, Chuck Todd of NBC started his uh, Meet the Press program yesterday. When President Biden addresses the nation on Tuesday night, he will be speaking to a skeptical public. Despite the low unemployment rate, a stronger than expected midterm performance for his political party, and a string of legislative accomplishments, the president's job rating sits at just 45 percent. His poll numbers are even lower on his handling of the economy, foreign policy, and specifically the war in Ukraine. Two-thirds of voters have reservations or are very uncomfortable with the idea of Biden running for a second term. We're changing people's lives. Yes, for the worst, but yes. Now, uh, here's the results of that particular poll that uh, Chuckles Todd talked about. Joe Biden's approval rating 45%, his disapproval is 50%. His approval on the economy is 36%. His approval on foreign policy and on the war in Ukraine, both 41%. What about running in 2024? 32%, one-third of the people, are enthusiastic or comfortable with the idea of Joe Biden running for president in 2024. 32%. 67% are uncomfortable or have reservations about him running. Now, as Chuck Todd said, Joe Biden has a long list of accomplishments. Now, Chuck Todd would say they are good accomplishments. I would say they are uh, bad accomplishments. Our 
standing on the world stage is compromised and this Chinese balloon fiasco will do nothing to inspire confidence in, on the island of Taiwan that we're ready to have their back. Uh, the border is an absolute mess. Uh, one of my greatest fears is that fentanyl tainted in some kind of a, from outward appearances, harmless product will take the life of one of my daughters or of a young person that I know or that I know through someone that I know. It is a very real possibility, something as harmless as an aspirin. I've told my daughters so many times they're sick of me telling them, don't ever, ever take anything from anyone unless it's a school nurse or you see it come out of a bottle that the safety seal and everything has been broken on it already. Not an aspirin, not a Snickers bar, nothing. Such is the intrusion of fentanyl into our country, thanks to Joe Biden's impotent border policies. Now, of course, uh, Chuck Todd could not give the bad poll numbers without bringing on somebody to stump for Joe Biden's myriad accomplishments. And uh, lucky us, it was Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Listen to uh, Mayor Pete's. Uh, response to Chuck Todd on the accomplishments of Joe Biden and why they nevertheless translate into these poll results that are (laughs) very ugly for the president. He's got a lot of things to tell. Why do you think that it has not penetrated the American public? Well, these things don't sell themselves, and it's one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to that that State of the Union address. Uh, I will say that there have been so many accomplishments under this administration, it can be difficult to list them in a distilled way. There are too many to list, if you missed that. That's what Pete says. He's got a lot of things to tell. Why do you think that it has not penetrated the American public? Well, these things don't sell themselves, and it's one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to that that State of the Union address. Uh, I will say that there have been so many accomplishments under this administration, it can be difficult to list them in a distilled way. Difficult to list them in a distilled way. Difficult to list them in a distilled way. Is it difficult to list them in a distilled way? Um, no. Is it, uh, as Mayor Pete said there in the beginning, um, that these things don't sell themselves? They don't sell themselves. Really? I know the end of the statement is inarguably stupid that anybody could say, well, there's just so many good things I can't list even one. But let's examine the beginning of that statement. These things don't sell themselves. Is that true? And of course it's not, because Pete Buttigieg said it. If, in fact, the American people felt optimistic about the future because of the outstanding way in which their government had handled, fill in the blank, the economy, the border, foreign policy, gas prices, the formula, baby formula shortage, supply chain issues, the Chinese spy balloon. If, in fact, the American people were optimistic about the competency of government, would that be something that would be uh, able to sell itself, or would they have to point out to us how great they are at it? No, I think we would pretty much know that. If everybody had a good-paying job, not two jobs, or three jobs, or four jobs, or in my case, five jobs, in order to make ends meet, 
would that be something that would be hard to to sell itself? No, would not. You would know that. It would be like, man, economy's awesome. The money is adequate. Everything is great. I mean, savings are up. I don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from. I don't have to worry about bacon costing eight ninety nine a pound on sale. I heard today orange juice is going to be ten dollars a gallon. Eggs we know are what four, five, six bucks depending on what part of the country you're in. What was the price of a bacon and egg breakfast with a glass of orange juice under Donald Trump? What is the price of a bacon and egg breakfast with a glass of orange juice under Joe Biden? I know this. It's a lot more than 6% more expensive, even though we're told that inflation is 6% and coming down every month. No, these things that they contend are true are not things that are hard to sell themselves if they were true. If you felt like you didn't have to worry about what woke, stupid, Marxist, satanic ideology was going to be crammed down your kid's throat in kindergarten when you sent them to public school, would that be hard to sell itself? No, it would not. If you went to a Christmas concert and they actually sang a Christmas carol, rather than going to a Christmas concert and they dared not mention Christmas, would that be hard to sell itself? No, it would not be hard to sell itself. That's why they don't call it a Christmas thing. It's called a holiday. Of course. So this is the gaslighting of America, is to tell you that everything you're worried about is fantastic. It's not only not worth worrying about. They're not making that case. They're telling you that it's so great. And yet in your heart, you know, because the bills keep coming in, they keep increasing, the border numbers continue to skyrocket, the fentanyl virtually every day. You can find a fentanyl bust, which I guess is of some relief that at least every day they are finding some fentanyl, not all of it, not even a fraction of it probably. But this is what level of disgust they have for you, that they tell you, oh, I would list an accomplishment. There are too many to list. And I have to tell you how great they are because these things don't sell themselves. 